This is The Recap, a weekly reflection on the sermons of Fellowship Baptist Church in Mainville, Ohio, seeking to help you make Jesus essential in every aspect of your life. I'm your host this week, Ryan Land, and I'm here with the preacher of this week's sermon, Brent Wilson. I, I, I feel like I always feel the pressure every week to come on and be like, one week until football season. Oh, man. I know. <laughs> maybe, Count it down. Maybe we need to start just like a side podcast. <laughs> just about football? And it's just the fellowship football podcast man i'm here for that we can have scott meadows on oh and man. talk about the Bengals. Every yeah week. <laughs> one of the things that's hard this year is that because there's there's this not not another preseason game you got a week off in uh, between wait a whole week and i uh well it's like every week before we we get into the sermon i always want to i want eyes i'm like man i should think of just like a small talk question mm-hmm. to ask brent and then it's just i just want to ask you about football every week. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, we're almost there. Small talk aside, uh, let's talk about this week's uh, membership matters sermon was called covenanting together in the life of the church. And so we talked about uh, communal life living together and uh, why that's important, uh, what it does in us and uh, what it does for the world. And so uh, like we do every week, let's just kind of breeze through your, um, your points uh, of your of your sermon, we'll kind of unpack some things. Yep. I had a couple of things specifically that I thought you said were re- like really profound and helpful, and I'd never thought about them. And so I'm gonna kind of dial in on some stuff that that I uh, that I what I want to hear you talk about more. Uh, and so first, we talked about you know uh, the gathering, right? Yep. The Sunday morning uh, worship service. Mm-hmm. First, here's like a little bit of a, a question that's not on here, but why is that? like the central piece of like the church strategy, the church tradition, the church, yeah, you know, whatever. Like why is it Sunday mornings, singing songs, preaching? Why is that the most important thing that we do? Well, if you go back historically, you, you, you've got the Jews who are gathering on Saturday mm-hmm. uh, uh, for in, in, in synagogues uh, to, to learn, to study. Uh, they're celebrating the Sabbath. And so they're resting doing these kinds of things. And so then when Christianity comes up out of Judaism, um, we don't meet on Saturday. We meet on Sunday because Sunday's the day the, that Jesus raised from the dead. Mm-hmm. And so it has been effectually referred to as the Lord's Day, um, mm-hmm. uh, Resurrection Day. And so that's why the early church started gathering on Sundays um, uh, uh, to meet together, uh, to, read this, to read the scriptures together, pray together, sing together, encourage one another. Um, we don't have a Sabbath anymore, um, in the sense that we don't, we don't think, Hey, there is a day that we must rest. Uh, Hebrews, I think kind of lays this out the book of Hebrews that, uh, our Sabbath used to be a day. Now our Sabbath is a man. Mm-hmm. He is the fulfillment of the Sabbath. Jesus is, is where we find our true rest. And so we're not Sabbathing on Sunday. We are gathering, uh, mm-hmm. on the Lord's day to celebrate the resurrection. Now, I certainly think in, if, if Sunday was couldn't work for some reason, different country, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you wanted to meet on a Tuesday, like that's certainly permissible. Uh, I, I've had students ask me, what if there was a culture that didn't use a seven day calendar? When would they meet? Oh, and I was like, what a fascinating yeah, question. That's a great question. Yeah. It's not only it matters when you meet, it's just historically significant uh, and culturally helpful because it's a weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and so does that answer the question? Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. so. I, I, um, I just wanted yeah, because, you know, the, the coming out of the Jewish tradition, I think there's a lot of echoes of that. And then, honestly, that's just like how the early church did it. And so that's that's With what they did. Example. Yeah. And and Peter in the, you know, the first when you know, at um, the day of Pentecost, you know, what does he do? He preaches a sermon. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he, he reads the he didn't have there was no New Testament. So he 
He's just preaching the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Old Testament, yeah, yeah. exactly right. And, and so, then even in the early Acts, you know, the 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 just all the not the twelve disciples, but the followers of Jesus commit themselves to the apostles' teaching. Mm-hmm. And and then as the churches grow and we get planted, uh, you know, Paul writes a letter, and what do they do? They read the letter aloud, mm-hmm. the whole letter uh, aloud to the church, the copy it, send it to another church, and each mm-hmm. week they're reading different letters. Yeah, right. Studying the Old Testament, reading these new letters that are being uh, circulated. Studying them, mm-hmm. praying together, singing together, encouraging yeah. one another, and like meeting in houses together, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so there's all through, you know, throughout the the earliest days of the church, there was this notion that we need to gather together, mm-hmm. we need to read and study the and, life of Jesus. Yeah. Really, is how it started, and yeah. then the teachings of the apostles. And, and you get these the the really kind of hints or kind of just small uh, statements about this, but both they're gathering. You see that, but also you see that they're, uh, Paul commands them, you know, like when they meet together, you know, do the Lord's Supper in this kind oh, of yeah, way. Whatever. Yeah. So, so you got to get together to do the Lord's Supper. That's a, that's a thing you do together. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But also you see like in first Corinthians, when you've got the guy who's sleeping with his, uh, his father's wife, yeah. so it's like his, his, step-mom, his stepmom or whatever, mother-in-law or yeah, he's sleeping with somebody he shouldn't be sleeping with. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that Paul says, Hey, w- you need to come together to remove him. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, it's like a business meeting, right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, Hey, the church has to assemble mm-hmm. and, uh, and decide to do this collectively. Uh, and so you kind of really have these hints of early ideas of membership. Yeah. Uh, that's just, I think that's helpful for people to think and to know, like, this is not just something that we made up along oh, yeah. the way. Right. It's yeah. like, this is, this is deeply rooted in who mm-hmm. the church is and who it was at its mm-hmm. beginning in, in the book of Acts. Uh, so what are, so, so that's why the, the gathering itself is important. So let, let's go into the, the kind of what you said in the sermon. So why, why is gathering together outside of the historical argument that we were just kind of laying out? Why is that important? Why is it important for us? And why is it important for the world? Yeah. Let's start first with why it's important for us. Um, I think those reasons are, are pretty obvious, like in the sense that it's refreshing, you know, when when we are uh, subjected to a cultural liturgy every week, right? What What do you mean? Uh, uh, cultural habits, yeah, and things that are teaching us and forming us through the just the inner workings of them. I get up, mm-hmm. I go to work, I come home, I take my kids to ball practice, uh, we go to the mall, like we go out, like whatever, like it, just this normal life mm-hmm. is is tr- those habits are training something in us, mm-hmm. um, and there's whole books about that, and we can talk about that, but. Um, but then just the world, social media, the news, friends, coworkers, everything, uh, does not come to us neutrally. Uh, everything has an agenda. It is pulling us in a direction. It, is, it has worldview, has value statements. Everything mm-hmm. is, is forming us. And so when we gather on Sunday mornings, it is one, just in a, a refreshment from the world. It's like an oasis, mm-hmm. right? Of, uh, it's a, it's a island of Shalom and a, uh, ocean of rage and ocean of outrage. And, and so the, the church is like this deep breath. I get to relax around these people, but also it is retraining us, reforming us. We have a different liturgy, a different order, a different, um, habit. When we gather, Mm we, we start with the word read, we Mm -hmm. respond to the word, we sing praise to God. We uh, respond in giving, we respond in worship. We hear the teaching of the word, all these things we fellowship with one another. And so, uh, the teaching and all these things are trying to reshape our souls against all the damage that was just done during the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're refreshed, we're equipped, uh, we're mobilized, we're reminded, Hey, 
we've got to go out tomorrow and we've got to love one another, serve one mm-hmm. another. We got to evangelize the world. We got to live on mission. We got to do all these things. So it's a reminder to do those things. Um, and so it, it, in some ways, you know, like missionaries, they'll, they'll go off uh, to whatever part of the world and they'll come home for a reprieve, right? To, to get rested, to get re encouraged, to get re regrouped up, re suited up to go out again. We could kind of have that every Sunday. It's like, yeah, yeah. we're re, uh, freshing ourselves so that we can go out and do battle with the world. Yeah, it's again. a reprieve. I like that word. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's that it's equipping, it's sanctifying. It's, mm-hmm. it's all those things for us, mm-hmm. uh, challenging, it's convicting, uh, you know, I'm going to be called out on my, my sin. I may, my toes may get yeah. stepped on, uh, and that's good I'm, for us. Or even I'm going to in within liturgy, I'm going to feel convicted of my own sin and I'm going to feel the need to confess it. Yeah. 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 So uh, for one, it does that, uh, but and so what? What? what is the other kind of this is kind of maybe not for the world, but we're there to we're there not for ourselves, but to worship God. Mm-hmm. Now I think there's something to be said about hey, we worship God all the time throughout our life, yes, uh, but there's something to be said about hey, we set aside an hour or whatever a week to come together uh, to intentionally sing to the King, mm-hmm. to um, bow our faces before Him. Um. And that, that in itself is also sanctifying, refreshing, encouraging, mm-hmm. equipping all these things. But, but it's also just like, no, this is for the Lord. Um, yeah. The song, while it, while, while benefits me, the song I sing is for Jesus. It's yeah. to him. I'm giving worship to him. And sometimes we, we mistake that because like, oh man, I don't like this song. The song ain't for you, man. Yeah. You know, the, I had this moment when, uh, a long time ago, uh, a different church where we sang a, a song. It was like a new song and great beat and all these things. And I was into it. I was worshiping, feeling the spirit, whatever. And then we went to one of those merry-go-round hymns. You know, oh, like, yeah, like, like you can like do your like do your arm like to Gilligan's Island kind of thing. Yeah. And I was like, man, this stinks. Like that just sucked me out of worship. And it's like the Lord brought His hand through the space-time continuum and smacked me in the face and was like, not about you, man. Like. Who cares? Like, it's not about how you feel. This is about me. You're giving something to me. And so mm-hmm. uh, I think the gathering is to, to give, to make much of Jesus. Yeah. And uh, I think even, I mean, to that, to your, your point about worship is like when we, you know, you think about revelation or when Isaiah is seeing a vision yeah. of, of heaven, of what's going on, uh, currently it's, it's not people, uh, who are worshiping as a byproduct of the main, the primary thing that they're doing. Right. It's like, they're not worshiping God by going to work. They're not worshiping God by, yeah. uh, no, it's, they are before the throne singing, Prostrate, holy, holy, yeah. holy is the Lord God almighty. Right. They're yeah. actively singing to the yeah. Lord. And so yeah. I, I do think that it's an, it's, it's an image mm-hmm. of what's to come. Right. Yeah. Nathan, Nathan said this on Sunday. It's a rehearsal, right? It's, it's choir practice. Yeah. 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 Um, but then what, the benefit for the, for the gathering for the world, I think we may not think about these things. Um, and while I do not think every church needs to have a steeple or any church has to have a steeple, uh, but I made this comment and you know, the reason churches had steeples is because I can identify, Oh, that's a church. I can yeah, see it's from why a distance. It's why McDonald's says the golden arches. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, and so it's a, an identifying marker where people go, Oh, there's a church. And they're driving, oh, there's another one. And they have to be confronted with it. Mm-hmm. And on Sunday morning, when they have to go through traffic or when they see all those cars in that parking lot every Sunday morning or they see all those people walking in or, uh, you know, all the, the, my, my best player on my team isn't going to be at the game because he's he's got to go to church. I, I was going to tell this story and I didn't, but um, uh, uh, Nate Wright was telling me that uh, his his kid, one of his kids is playing football and 
um, the coach was saying, Hey guys, we, you know, we're, uh, we got this game on Sunday and we're going to need you, uh, you know, to be here, uh, early for this, uh, so we can go over our plays or whatever, except some of you, you know, I know some people have to go to church or whatever. <laughs> and, and it was just like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like somebody like, or whatever, or whatever. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, it, but, but that, you know, that matters. That makes a difference because uh, even though he's having a negative reaction to that, uh, that the gospel always does that, right? The gospel softens us to to it, or it hardens mm-hmm. us against it, and 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 so. But having people forced to confront the reality that um, we go to serve some some higher purpose, yeah, than the football game, mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, people ha- when we gather together, people have to confront the reality. Something something seemingly important is going on, and they can't ignore it. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I thought about saying this from the sermon, but I just wasn't sure. Uh, but you know, there's a mosque going in right down the street mm-hmm. and people are ticked off about it. Right. Mm-hmm. People are mad. Um, and r- wrongfully so in some ways and rightfully so in other ways, I know it's super complicated, but I, you, know, you know, they are, <laughs> it's an invasion, right? They are trying mm. to trying to spread the message of Islam mm-hmm. and the building there is a marker of their culture trying to come to bear on us. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it is more stark because so for so long America and Christianity have been tied together that we don't feel that same thing when a church is built somewhere, Yeah, but it's the same thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you split the script. You think about them building a, a cathedral in, uh, you know, Iran. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, it would great. Be, yeah. It would yeah. be, unheard of it yeah. would be outlandish yeah. um and so and there it wouldn't be legal but you know it's like <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's neither here nor there uh but yeah i think i think you're right and and that's why we have we have a emotional response to that because it is an invasion yeah and so in the same way what the mosque does to our christian sensibilities our church should do to Cultural sensibilities. Cultural sensibilities. Yeah, yeah. We, nah, that's great. Yeah, the church is an invading kingdom. Yeah. Um, and we miss that because of the cultural Christianity piece. Mm-hmm. But but it is. Like, yeah. Like, we're not here just to keep everybody happy go lucky. We're here to say the king is coming. Bow now or bow later. Yeah, yeah. Well, that 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 kind of gets me into one of the things I really wanted to, to talk about is you made this comment about how outsiders should should be uncomfortable Oh yeah, yeah. There should be an element of uncom- um, of discomfort when an outsider comes into our not not someone that just doesn't go to our church, someone that's not a believer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they come to our church, that they should be uncomfortable. You, when we were talking about this, you used a good word that there's dissonance. No, you used that. Word I in, use the word in the sermon. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and it was. I think it was the because at first I was like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that, Brent. But then you said there's dissonance. And that was the missing piece for me. I was like, no, he's exactly right. Is because on the one hand, you're like, I'm so, I feel so safe. Mm -hmm. Everyone here is so welcoming. uh, Like I I like this. I enjoy these people. And then, but there's that, that one note, you know, that's out of, out of harmony. That's right. But I don't believe any of this. Mm It's like, I'm not I, one of them. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. like, I love this person. I think this person loves me, but this person thinks a dead man can come back to, to life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, and that's weird. Yeah. Right. And so there is like this, I'm so safe. I'm so welcome. I'm so celebrated, like whatever. Yeah. yeah. But 
Yeah, well, but why? But why? But, I, I yeah. don't belong here. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, what we're not saying is that people should come in. No one should talk to them. They should feel out of, like, mm-hmm. unwelcome. That's not what we're saying. Yeah, People yeah. should be, like, man, feel warmly welcomed and celebrated. Because there's no, there's no dissonance if they feel what you just described, right? They expect to come in if they're not a believer yeah. and be judged and be mm-hmm. uh, belittled and be, uh, you know, not, not, notable look down upon look down yeah. upon uh you know put aside right but when we elevate them that's Ignore, ignored ignored right but when when we elevate them when we celebrate them when we you we're know, so go glad after, you're here when we yeah. go after them it's like that's when the dissonance hits that yeah. they're like wait a minute yeah <laughs> what's going on yeah, yeah. here i actually like this but i'm not one of them yeah and i think a good example too actually comes in our music so uh, you know uh, as a guy who likes modern worship modern contemporary music um, there's something to be said about when some 20 year old dude with a guitar who can sing good writes a song versus a, a 60 year old theologian who wrote a song back mm-hmm. in the day, the, the, the lyrics hit different. And, and <laughs> yeah. when, when, when you sing, you know, Jesus is my boyfriend kind of song, like, you know, and it's just kind of fluffy words. Jesus is my friend of mine. I ha- yeah, Jesus <laughs> yeah. is my friend. Yeah. Yeah. And so you just sing this like fluffy song. It hits different when you sing uh, a mighty fortress. And, and you know, the last uh, core, last verse says, um, you know, this body they may kill, but God's truth abideth still. Oh, yeah. And when you sing a line like that and oh. you're an unbeliever in the room listening and you're like, what the <laughs> heck are these people like talking about? You're like looking around and saying, did they all just say that? Yeah. Like, kill me. Don't care yeah. as long as God's truth goes forth. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, what can wash away my sin? And you're like, you're an unbeliever. You're like, I don't know, like doing good stuff. And then they all say blood. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. Yeah. And when you, when you take the Lord's Supper, you know, which, hey, uh, spoiler, I'm, I'm, I am pro every week lord's supper oh yeah me too because one of the things is hey in that fencing the table that i talked about it's like the unbeliever who's in our service has to be confronted with Mm i have just been told not to take this yeah because um it's not for me Mm -hmm. why isn't it for me why can't i take oh because the sin the blood doesn't cover me i'm I'm still in my sin and there's an inevitable invitation right yeah yeah you can't take this but come take christ yeah 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 um I, i i think that's i think that's great um, but we'll, we'll get, we'll get to the Lord's supper. Um, <laughs> anything else you want to talk about the Sunday morning gathering before we move on to, no, I think though, I think those are the main things. Yeah. Okay. So the next we talked about, you know, we got this one big group, one gathering, right. That we're a member mm. of membership matters, all those things, but then we break into smaller groups. So why, why do we do that? Why do we, why do we as a church, why does fellowship Baptist church so value yeah. Sunday morning classes, uh, D groups, uh, you know, Wednesday night classes. Why is that important to our strategy? Yeah. So we take the value. We grow better together f- straight from the scriptures. You mm-hmm. know, uh, I, I mentioned, you know, there's Proverbs and different things in the Bible talked about iron sharpens iron, mm-hmm. right? So that's uh, yeah, the way you sharpen a sword is two pieces of iron coming together, clashing, um, pushing on one another, friction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a cord of three strands, not easily broken. So like when I have two people with me holding me up, mm-hmm. I'm not going to easily fall. That's community. Jesus shows up, makes, gets 12 dudes. Hey, y'all mm-hmm. come with me. Mm-hmm. And then even within that 12 has a smaller group of the three, yeah, right? Yeah. It's kind of, kind of an inner circle. Uh, and so, and the, and the existence of God himself as yeah, three, per- as three persons, yeah. right? It's like, we are denying our own yeah. imago day 
our creation in the image of God when we refuse right. to engage in, in community. And so community, it, you know, like I said, you can grow by yourself. You're just not going to grow great. And mm-hmm. so the soil that best produces uh, growth in you is togetherness. Mm-hmm. Because when we sit in a circle, when, when you're in the row and you're in a sermon, it's a one-way conversation. Hey, listen, mm-hmm. information dump, which is helpful and yeah, good. Yeah. You need it. Uh, but when you can sit in a circle and you can say, you know what? I didn't understand this. Help me. And they say mm-hmm. something. I still don't get it. You know, my, like mm-hmm. Michael Scott in the office. Tell it to me like I'm 12. Tell me like I'm five. Tell me like I'm five. You know, it's like, and then you can push back. Well, well I don't really think that's true. Da, da, da. And yeah, then yeah. you push back on me like, da, da, da. and it's like, oh, okay, I'm starting to get it now. So we can wrestle with one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, push back and forth, iron sharpening iron. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like when I stumble, when I'm struggling with sin, when I am having a hard time with my marriage or whatever, mm-hmm. then I've got these other brothers, quarter of three strands, not easily broken. Mm-hmm. Like they're encouraging me, pushing me. Hey man, again, go home. Do yeah, love yeah. your wife this way. Do A, B, and C. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go to work. We're you know, pray- you, like we're praying for you. Yeah, we're praying together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, your boss, I know is crazy, but here's what mm-hmm. you need to do. Da, 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 for da. sure. And so it's like I'm not alone. I'm walking with people. And so mm-hmm. uh, when you're when you're a sprinter, you can sprint for so long, and you're going to run out of gas. Mm-hmm. But when you do a relay race, yeah, I can pass the baton. What a killer illustration! <laughs> it just hit me. That's so good. That's so good. Um, Man, I, I had something else to say, but you hit me with that relay illustration, and I was like, that's that's so good. And it made me forget what I was going to say. Well, it's also interesting. Like, uh, I was listening to this interview about Navy SEALs this week, mm-hmm. and uh, I wish I could show this, but, you know, you've got a graph of you have, like, the highest performer. Uh, I think the, and the other way was, like, the most intelligent. Or, or, no, it was trust, highest performance, and trust. And everybody thinks you want that top right corner. You want the highest performing person and the highest trust person. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody wants that person. But what about just the highest performance person, but low trust? Nobody wants that guy. Or what about low trust, uh, but, but or high, high trust, low performance, nobody wants that guy. Navy SEALs, the guys that most make the team are the ones that are not the highest performing, but highest trust. Mm. Or not highest trust, just a tick down. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so it's like, I want the guy, like, the guy beside me in the, in the foxhole. It's a guy I can trust. He's not the best of the best, mm-hmm. but I trust him with my life. Mm-hmm. And we, we've got to have people like that. Like, I trust you with my life. I trust that when I share my deep, dark hurts, you will treat me with kid gloves. You will treat me gently. Yeah. And you will love me and serve me and, and, and preach the gospel to me and hold me up. Um, so it's like, that's what we need because when we're running this race by ourselves. In the foxhole by herself, and there's mm-hmm. gunfire coming, and the, the enemy's throwing all these bullets at us. And we're like, you just duck and cover. But I need somebody to be there with me. Yeah. Well, it's like I I uh, I preached a, a couple of months ago, and I talked about in my opening about there was a new pandemic, and this was real. That the Surgeon General put out a, a I mean a significantly long report about the pandemic of isolation. Oh yeah. In America, and how the it directly influences our mental health, our emotional mm-hmm. health, our marriages, our relationships with our children, that when we exist in isolation, that our mental health is worse, our addictions are higher, our relationships yep. are worse, and our online content intake is more... Um, People are searching for community. And yeah, yeah. And they're trying to do it online. Yeah, yeah. And so our 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 community becomes more uh, aggressive, more, mm. um, you know, whatever. Uh, and and so the that... The sal- the like the Surgeon General said like the the salve to this, the 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 treatment is getting together, mm. and it's like 
yeah, you got, you, you yeah, got, you it, got it right, man. Um, and so all truth is God's truth. Yeah. And so it's like, but not in this way. That's like, Oh, I just slip in the back door. I sit down, I sing some songs, I listen to the sermon and I slip out. That's right? not together. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're not getting together with them. No yeah, one, yeah. no one knows you and mm. you may know faces. Yeah. Um, and you may know the pastor or yeah. the worship team or whatever, but no one knows you fully known, fully loved. Yeah. But and that's the next thing I was going to get to is like the reason it's hard and the hurdle we have to get over is the fear of that. If, and you were talking about being handled, mm-hmm. you know, gently, right. Don't, not, you're not yeah. going to pummel me. Right. Is that we have to trust that they love us yeah, yeah. before we get to that. Well, and here's a fascinating thing that you were talking about this week. And this happens to me a lot. People will come up to me and start talking to me like we're best buddies. And they'll ask me how my kids are, how my wife is or whatever. And sometimes I'll look at this person, like I'll run into my Walmart, but you don't even look vaguely familiar. <laughs> and it's like, because they've seen me on a live stream or they've come to church once or twice and sat in there and, and saw me. Mm-hmm. And maybe even waved to me on the way out, shook my hand on the way out. They mm-hmm. think we know each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we're not in community together. Yeah. Like, I don't know you. Yeah. Like, I'd like to get to know you maybe. Yeah, yeah, like, no, for sure. <laughs> but, but. I like, I want us to be in community. Yeah, yeah. And so, but sometimes people are just like, I don't know. They, it's like, no, community takes work. Yeah. We got to get together and actually like form yeah. a real relationship. Like my, my dad once went and saw Bill Clinton speak at mm-hmm. like my college campus. Uh, but my dad never says that he met Bill Clinton, yeah. you know, it's like, he just saw him, right. like he didn't, right, right. he didn't meet him. He right. just, he, he, he watched him. Right. They don't know each other. Yeah, yeah. It's always the same thing, yeah. right? It's like, uh, when you just slip into a church and no one knows you and you slip in, you slip out, it's like, you're, no one knows you. Mm-hmm. It's like, you didn't meet anyone. You're not, you're not a part of the communal yeah. life of the church. You're a, you're a, um, consumer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not, not a participant you're not covenanting with the church you're just consuming it and leaving mm-hmm. so i watch a movie yeah um all right so we got here this is what you want to talk about i know it's the lord's supper everyone everyone wants to talk about it <laughs> uh, but let, let's talk about ordinances two ordinances baptism and the lord's supper yeah uh, why, why are they so important it's just the little cracker and juice yeah and so some water so baptism so both of these are covenant signs mm-hmm. like noah's rainbow abraham's circumcision uh, plenty of those in the Bible, they, um, these big covenant things, they come mm-hmm. with these signs oftentimes. And so the sign of the new covenant of being a part of the, you know, what Jesus calls the new covenant, um, is baptism as the entry sign and the Lord's Supper as the continual sign. Uh, the big thing I want to stress in these is that these are not things you do by yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not, you know, you and your wife at home have a fight. You don't make up by saying, Hey honey, let's, let's bust out some Lord's Supper stuff. <laughs> we ain't got juice, but we got Diet Coke and here's no, some. Dude, you can buy that stuff at like Hobby Lobby. Yeah. Or even if you have the real stuff, like, <laughs> like you don't do that. Like that's, right. that's not for you to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is for the whole body. One loaf, yeah. whole body. Yeah. Um, and, and when you come together, do this. Uh, and so uh, there might be like some, ex- some exemptions. Like if a part of the church was like on a long-term mission trip or something, mm-hmm. Right, okay. Hey, y'all, y'all do this together while you're. Yeah, we want to be us. legalists about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We think the best practice is, is to together. do it in the context of a local yeah, church. Yeah, but it's, yeah. But really, like in your wedding, don't do it. Yeah. Um. Uh. And so, so it's together. We do. You know, you can't baptize yourself. Someone else got to. Mm-hmm. And and it's the church who is conferring that. It's, it's saying yeah. yes, you should be baptized, and we're going to do it to you. We're we're, we're affirming that. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, uh. So I've got a, a, like a funny story about that. Is that 
um, a, an adult we just recently baptized after the first sermon in this series, he came up to me and he said, Hey, I, I just feeling really convicted. Um, I'd like to become uh, during a sermon. He said, I'd like to become a member. And I was like, dude, I have great news for you. I was like, you are a member because <laughs> oh, like, yeah. we baptized you. Yeah. And I told him, I kind of explained this to him. It's like when, even though Brent was the one that lowered you into the water and pulled you up, the church is the one who baptized you, yeah. not Brent. Mm-hmm. And so it's a sign, not just for you mm-hmm. that you're born again. It's a sign for us to affirm that you are one of us. Yeah. All right. And like, that's why I cringe when I see Justin Bieber, like getting baptized in his bathtub or whatever. I'm like, <laughs> on whose authority? Yeah. Like who, who is, who is conferring upon you? Baptism? Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and where, and who's, this covenant who's holding you accountable. Yeah. Right. And, and it's like, it's just such, it's such bad practice and such bad theology. There's no accountability. Yep. There's, I, I remember cringing when, uh, uh, when I was a, a youth and we were at camp and they were baptizing students in the lake. Oh, some, yeah. some youth group was baptizing students in the lake at camp. And I was like, do their parents even know? Oh, do, yeah. Like, does their pastor even know? Like how, yeah. like this is such. And, and even outside of that, it's like, you are, you are robbing the celebration that the whole yes. church could have together yes. to celebrate this. Just wait, you know, we're, we're not church of Christ who thinks if you're not dunked, you're, you're going to hell. Yeah. Like, like we think it's important, but it's not salvific. And so it can wait a week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so I think, I think we need to like, as the body realize every baptism is just as for us as it is for the person in the, yeah. the baptistry. Yeah. And, and I, I think it's like this kind of, um, this Western individualism mm-hmm. that for sometimes, sure. uh, for sure. like we just, we hate it. We buck authority and mm-hmm. we want, I'm my own person. I can do whatever the heck I want. You can't tell me what I don't know mm-hmm. what I can do. It's like, no, 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 no. It's the church. We come and we, Bible says we, you know, we talk about the one another. So we submit to one another. Mm-hmm. We submit to, to our, to the scriptures, submit to the authority of our church. And that's good. And we come together. And so this isn't an individual thing. It's a corporate thing. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a body thing. Um, so I think that's hard for us, but, yep. uh, the supper, the Lord's supper covenant sign, continual sign. Um, now historically, uh, Baptists would not let you take it unless you were baptized. You can't take the continual sign until you've had the entry sign. Now we get laxed on that and we don't do that. And people get upset if you would do that. And mm-hmm. so we, we, we don't push that as hard. Uh, we, we strongly recommend, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and we'll kind of get to this question later. Yeah, but, we had a question in about, about this. So we'll get to unpack um, a little bit more, but we strongly recommend, um, because there's a logical order to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but so I think one of the reasons we also downplay the Lord's supper is because as Baptist, we have the least supernatural view of it. Mm-hmm. And so like, I'm quickly, let me go through these views. So the Catholics, the, the kind of original view, if you will, um, they the, hold, OG. the OG view hold to what's called transubstantiation. And so the, they believe that when the, the priest comes, he blesses, uh, the, the food, the, the bread and the wine, he says, hopus corpus mayhem and the, and the bread and the wine transform into the body of blood of Jesus. And funny, funny little aside, this is where the phrase hocus pocus comes from. Well, he said it. And I just thought about the Grinch when he goes, holiday, who be whaty? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so like hocus pocus, like that kind of magical incantation comes from this hopus corpus. Uh, Cause it sounds like that. But, and when he says it, the body, it becomes the literal mm-hmm. body and blood of Jesus. Uh, and so that's why the, the pulpit is to the side in a Catholic church and the elements are in the middle uh, because salvation is bound up in, eating Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have the Lutheran view 
which is called consubstantiation, which is, there's no transformation needed. It just already is the body and blood of Jesus. And so feast on Christ. And then you have the Calvin view, uh, which is no, it's none of that. But as we take it by faith, we are partaking of Christ uh, and being sanctified and renewed, which mm-hmm. is probably the view I hold to. The ba- Baptist can hold to either this view or the next one I'm going to say. Uh, I'll probably hold to that one because I think it's pretty special. Uh, then the other view is the Zwinglian view, uh, which is it is a mere remembrance. It is nothing spiritual is happening, mm-hmm. no uh, you know, supernatural, whatever. It's just a reminder. Yeah, um, it's a symbol. Yeah, which I th- certainly think it is that. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a little more Could than that. Could be more than that. Um, but you can hold either one of those in our church. Um, and so, but I think because we often hold that lowest view and there's no supernatural part to it, we're just kind of like lackadaisical about it. Mm-hmm. Laissez-faire about it. Yeah. Um, and so... Man, trilingual this week. <laughs> a little French. Latin, French, English. <laughs> um, and so I think that gives us a low view of it and I think we need a higher view of it. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. Uh, then this sort of, this last piece before we get to, um, uh, the, the question that was sent in is, um, church discipline, right? Uh, which we, it said we lovingly engage in the practice of church discipline or Mm -hmm. something like that. Right. Practice in the, yeah. The loving, yeah. Whatever it says. Engage. Yeah. Yeah. But lovingly, and and it's an established practice. It's not just something we're making up. So what is church discipline? Where do we get it? When do we do it? How do we do it? Yeah. You know, the the Catholic word for this is um, excommunication. For the Uh, last piece, right? Yeah, at the end, at the end of the process, kicking someone out of the church. Yeah. Um, Man, and I set this up by saying many of you, this probably puts a bad taste in your mouth because you've seen Mm -hmm. churches do this really poorly. It's been done to you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so there have certainly been a lot of abuses or just this done really badly mm-hmm. or poorly, um, mm-hmm. you know, kicking women out for wearing pants or something like yeah, that. Teenagers out for yeah, yeah. being pregnant. And ju- but just the girls, not the guys. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Consistent. And, yeah. And so, cert- so certainly really poorly done in the past. Um, but the Bible commands this. And so we want to do it. And the reason we do it is primarily to love and care for people's souls. Um, and so if someone is in unrepentant sin, meaning they're the, 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 the sin has its clutches in them, they are not feeling remorse. They have embraced it. They're not struggling. They're not saying, Hey, I need some help to get out of this. They're just like, no, this is who I am. I'm going to, I'm just, I'm just doing this thing. Uh, then we go to them, Matthew 18, we go to them and say, Hey man, this is not the Christian life. This is sin. This is wrong. This is against the commands of God. And you need to, you need to repent. You need to stop. We're here to help. Uh, and if they say, man, you're so right. I'm so sorry. Help me. Help me. What? Great. Church discipline over. over. Yeah. Process started. Process ended. But if they say. And that is just like, that is empowered to the members. Yeah. That's right? not just like that's the not elders just like, doing it. Yeah. It's just like, this is not a procedure. It's not a process. You don't have to come yeah. tell Brent or one yeah. of the other elders, hey, I'd like to do church discipline on this person. Yeah. It's like, start, it starts you know, with just individuals. Yeah. You just go as on a, on a personal loving yeah. level and say, I see this in your life and I, I don't want to see it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so you go to them and, and they don't repent. They're like, no, nah, I'm going to keep doing that. Well, then about Matthew 18 says, well, we'll take two. And so it's not just my opinion. Like this other person's like, hey, yeah, like they're right. Like you're doing this thing and you, you really need to quit. Uh, and they're like, no, nah, man, stop. Well, then we're going to go more people. <laughs> well, just uh, 
uh, side note, this is where we get the verse where two or three are gathered in oh, my name. this is funny. Right? Uh, I am there. Yeah. So people, you know, want to like put that in their kitchens or like <laughs> oh, yeah. their, on their small group yeah. wall or, or whatever. Yeah. It's like, no, this is actually like when you want to go rebuke someone for sin and you're with two or three other people, you are there in Jesus is with Jesus's you. power, like yeah. Jesus's authority. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we like to think of it as like this very sweet thing yeah. when it's actually in this like kind of like very kind of serious like yeah. church discipline issue. Hey, I can do all things from a verse taken out of context. <laughs> uh, yeah. And you know, just stop using that verse to talk about, man, just when two or three are gathered, that's the church. That's us right there. Yeah. Like, no, this is about church discipline. Mm-hmm. And so when two or three people show up and say, Hey man, you have to stop cheating on your wife. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, uh, you have not fallen out of love. I don't care. Go back and be faithful to her. Mm-hmm. Jesus's authority is with you mm-hmm. when you are um, trying to gently restore a brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's say you go through that and you're, you've six, eight months, so you've been pleading with this person to, to repent, to stop. And they're just not, not hearing it. Well, eventually it says bring them before the church, you know, and if they won't listen to the church, then treat them like a Gentile tax collector, treat them like mm-hmm. an unbeliever. Um, and so what we're doing is not saying, Hey, get off our property. You're not welcome at church. Yeah, anymore. You can't, it's, it's not a restraining order. Yeah, against that's the church. not what we're doing. Yeah. What we're saying is, Hey man, we granted, we conferred upon you the status of member of fellowship Baptist church. Because we thought you were a member of the family of God. But now, by the fruit of your life, you have proven that at least by the evidence you've given, we cannot in good conscience say that anymore. Mm-hmm. And so we are going to remove your membership. Uh, the whole church is voting to remove your membership in the hopes that it will wake you up mm-hmm. and startle you into either repenting, mm-hmm. and then we will restore your membership, or believing the gospel for the first time, which mm-hmm. will make you a member. They baptize you and, and you make you a member. And, and so really it is a changing of tactics. Mm-hmm. It's changing from calling them to repentance to calling them to believe the gospel for the first time. Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll say, I, and cause this is not prescribed in scripture, but it's like when it says bring them before the church, I don't even think that means you got to air all the, the dirty laundry out sure. to the yeah. whole church. Right. Um, uh, you, you just got to trust the the elders or the, you know, whoever it is that's the, the church saying, Hey, this person had the proper processes have gone through and they are unrepentant. Yeah. And so we're going to remove their membership. Uh, you don't have to go tell us why, right? Like, you yeah, don't want to be gossipy about it. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, that's why yeah. I, that's one, that's one picture. I think like when it's like, you're bringing them up before the church, the teenage girl up before the church and yeah. talking about her sexual promiscuity or whatever. It's like, yeah, we don't, well, one, she's probably repentant. Yeah. Uh, and two, it's like we we actually don't have any any right. Everybody doesn't need to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, uh, a pastor I I really like Ray Ortland. He talks about uh, to to shepherd disciplinary cases at a low level of visibility using informal relationships rather than formal procedures as much as possible. Yes. It's just like that. This does not need to be a highly visible, highly toxic, highly um, aggressive or whatever yeah. thing. And one of the things that's interesting that we can't do as much anymore as because the world has changed is you know, when you used to move and join a new church, you would bring a letter with you, a mm-hmm. letter from your old church that said, Hey, this person, what are you talking about? I did that when I moved here. I know it's not that, <laughs> but you know, you bring this letter and it says, Hey, I'm a member of such and such Baptist church. Uh, you know, here's them telling you I've been baptized. I believe yeah. these things, whatever. And you're like, Oh, okay, cool. Well, you can become a member of our church without whatever. And so, uh, but, and, but if you were under church discipline, mm-hmm. the church wouldn't give you that letter. Mm-hmm. And when you went to that other church, 
Uh, a lot of times, you know, the pastors would, you know, this kind of still happens today, right? Like this has actually happened in our church. Like I've had a pastor call me and say, Hey, so-and-so has been coming to your church. I just want you to know they're under discipline or, uh, you know, here's why they left or mm-hmm. here's what's going on. It's mm-hmm. like, um, just so I tried to shepherd them through that. They didn't want to, so they just ran away, but you can pick up, pick up where I left off. Yeah. And so all of that to say, this is not something we revel in. Like makes you want to throw up. <laughs> yeah, no, so, so it's like talking about this and thinking about doing this makes me want to throw up. Yeah. And it's like, it sucks. Yeah. Right. Like, but, but you know what? Like you I, think about the people in our church, think about the people around us that, um, it's like, we love them. Yeah. And to think that the sin in their life would be to, that they had been caught in sin to such a level that they would deny the clear teachings of scripture and the, yeah. the loving, uh, rebuke of their, of their mm. brothers and sisters, that they would be that ensnared in their own sin. Like that's just, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, I think about like, I've got friends and family members whom I wish churches would have done that 100% because I would rather them be proven unbelievers now mm-hmm. because then it's clear. The hardest thing to do is convince someone they're not a believer, mm-hmm. but if they could be proven unbelievers, like, Hey, the church has said you're out. Yeah. Then I can go share the gospel with them. But now they're mm-hmm. fooled into thinking they are believers. And they can just get away with whatever sin they're doing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That it's permissible. Right. And so like, I'd rather be someone, someone be mad at us and that eventually they come to their senses and believe than them feel fine about us and go to hell and then mm-hmm. be like, why didn't y'all like... Yeah. Why don't y'all love it, me enough to, to have a hard, awkward conversation with me? It's like if I, you know, growing up, my parents taught me, you know, don't hit your, don't hit your brother, don't hit mm-hmm. your brother, don't hit your brother. And then every time I hit my brother, they just kind of like turned a blind eye to it. Yeah. You know, it's like. You're not ever going to learn. Yeah. I'm going to think, well, like, it's, it's actually okay if I hit my brother. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, I know they told me a, a few times not to do it, yeah. but every time I've done it, nothing's happened. So right. Right. it couldn't be that big a deal. Yeah that's what it reinforces when, sure. we, when we drop the ball on, on church discipline. Yep. Um, all right. Any final thoughts about the sermon? The only thing, you know, we didn't talk about this at the top is the live stream thing I kind of started with. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, just that, you know, I think it's a good and helpful tool. You know, technology is, is a, as a blessing, but also yeah. comes with, um, challenges to think through. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I know we've got people who, uh, have stopped coming to church because, they got in the habit in 2020 of just watching on their couch mm-hmm. and that's easy. And there's a part of me that's tempted to say, Hey, I, I we're going to not do that because I want you to feel the absence Yeah, when you're sick or on vacation. Like I want you to be like, man, I really missed being there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the live stream I think can sometimes remove that feeling um, because oh, I, I got enough of it. But it's not enough. So it's, hear me say, it's not enough. You need to be here. It's funny. Uh, we used to, we don't do this anymore, but we used to leave the cameras on like a really wide shot of the room during the like greeting time. Uh, now we just like throw a graphic up. Uh, but I remember one time being at home in back in Texas and watching the live stream and being like, oh, there's this person and there's that person and there's this student and there's that student, you know, and like I'm oh, seeing yeah. everyone and I'm like a thousand miles away and I'm like, I want to be there yeah. talking to yeah. them. It's like, yeah, so uh, I can't have that reaction. You know, when, when you're normally here and you're on vacation, well, yeah, but no, that's watching. what I'm saying is like, I'm feeling the yeah. absence. Yeah. Right. And it's like, and I'm seeing the fate because I'm in loving covenant relationship yeah. community with those right. people. I'm like, Oh, there's them. There's them. And it's like, I'm going to go now. I'm going to go another seven days without, without yeah. seeing these people. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
that's that's the feeling we want to yeah like, to cultivate in people it's like and the opposite to be true when you're not here for us that are here to be like where was this person today yeah it's like i, I, I noticed they were gone right yeah. it's like oh man i really hope they're here next week i'm gonna send them a text yeah. to say hey i hope you're here next which week. which is to say if no one notices you're gone it's probably because you're not connected mm. and that's not on everybody else mm-hmm. that's on now you. it can be it can be but if you've come for a month and then no one notices you're gone it's like have you have you tried to shake anyone's hand ask anyone's name have, have, and it's like now it's on on the church members too to to instigate their their responsibility yeah. is to instigate any any new face right any right. new relationship um but you also have some personal responsibility yeah but i'm like yeah, if yeah. you've been coming to our church for a year and no one notices you're gone you should be plugged in enough mm-hmm. uh you should be in a community now mm-hmm. everyone may not notice you're gone you're not gonna know everybody you're, that's a great point but but there should be a group of people who go oh man where was so-and-so mm-hmm. missed him let me mm-hmm. check in on them. Um, and, and the way you get connected, small groups. groups. Yep. For sure. You can't know the 300 people that we go to church with. Right. But you can know the 10 in your small group or whatever. Yep. For sure. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's move into the Q and a, we had uh, one question, only one. And it was actually one question I also had, cause I heard you say this okay. uh, in your sermon, but this person uh, writes in and said, I heard you say on Sunday that quote, kids have to be baptized to take the Lord's supper. Uh, end quote. Do adults, adults and children have to be baptized? Well, so that's one question. Yeah. Do adults. Second question, adults and children must be baptized to be a member of our church, right? Yeah. So let me take the second half first. Okay. You have to be baptized to be a member of our church. And you have to be baptized as a believer by immersion. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be here, um, but it has to be in a gospel-believing church. Mm-hmm. can't be a Mormon church. Mm-hmm. It has to be a gospel-believing church. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, second part of that question, or I guess the first part, um, I don't think I said this. If I said this, I, I misspoke. Um, kids do not have to be baptized, but I strongly encourage and shepherd them. I'm trying to shepherd their families to make sure they're baptized before they take the Lord's Supper. So here, here's my, so what's our church position on taking the Lord's Supper between the, so there's, give us the different positions on the Lord's Supper, closed, fenced, open. So, so open is you gotta be a Christian. Uh, close is you have to be a baptized Baptist, basically Christian. And then closed is you have to be a member of this church. Mm -hmm. Um, so our, our position is open. You have to be a Christian. Hmm. The reason I shepherd families to make sure their children have been baptized is because they may hear Johnny say, you know, Oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. They've not met with anybody. They're not counseling anybody. Mm -hmm. They've not confirmed that. Like they just kind of believe, but Mm -hmm. maybe they actually aren't converted yet. And so mm-hmm. baptism is really marking them as, hey, man, they've gone through a process. Other people have affirmed that faith in them. They've mm-hmm. received that entry covenant sign. Um, I really think everybody should do that, but we're not enforcing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, but for kids, like I think it's a helpful marker. Uh, because if not, you could be, well, let's say they're not believers, but you kind of think they are because they've like kind of begun to believe or believe mm-hmm. in God or something. And then you start letting them take the Lord's Supper and they're not believers. That's super confusing. Mm-hmm. It's super unhelpful. And so, uh, so for, and Paul talks in, you know, Paul talks when he talks about, you know, yeah. instructions on taking the Lord's supper, he, he gives these sort of reasons not to take it. Yeah. And he's like, if you're in conflict, you know, with a brother, yeah. uh, and if you're not a believer and then he says, and if you do take it under those circumstances, uh, you, what is it? You, you drink wrath, you upon, drink your wrath upon your own head, yeah. which I don't know what that means, Me but either. it sounds, sounds terrible. Bad. Sounds bad. So <laughs> I'm not encouraging people to drink wrath upon their own heads. Yeah. Yeah. So for kids, I think it's particularly 
wise. Okay. For an adult, let's say the adult was baptized as a Presbyterian uh, and they're convinced of that form of baptism and they're not members of our church, but they go to our church. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that adult taking it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to require baptism of them. Uh, you know, Archie Sproul, Tim Keller, some of these great Presbyterians that I looked up to. Name uh, one. Name one that could fun- actually come to our. Oh, church. who's alive? Yeah, uh, uh, Ligon Duncan. There you go. Ligon Duncan's a Presbyterian. I was, I was like, that's neither <laughs> of those things are going to happen. They don't uh, need to come to church anymore. They're with the Lord. Yeah, Ligon Duncan comes to our church. Okay. She was a Presbyterian. Uh, I'm I'm overjoyed for him to take the Lord's Supper with us. Even I'm though, overjoyed that Ligon Duncan's at our church. Well, I know, <laughs> uh, even though he's not been baptized in the way that I think he should. Like I don't right. think he's actually been baptized. Um, ironic that his last name is Duncan. I know. He's never been dunked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for the kids, I think it's a practical issue. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I hope that's, that's, that's really helpful. I, I had, I had not, we'd never talked about it like that. And so yeah. I, um, I, I honestly thought it was a, a requirement. Oh yeah. So, uh, anyway, that's good talk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's it for this this episode. Super, Let's get some more questions next super, week, guys. I don't know. I, we say that we're at forty eight minutes. It's a supersized episode. Well, maybe this we'll week. talk less about the front end. I don't know. Well, who knows? <laughs> um, well, all right. Thank you for joining us this week for the recap. We hope that this conversation has encouraged you to keep striving to make Jesus essential in every aspect of your life. If you aren't part of our church family, we'd love to meet you on a Sunday morning. We gather for worship at ten thirty a.m. every week. For more information, you can go to myfellowship.church. Thanks for joining us. Be blessed.